It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. I started the show today mentioning you know once i got to the studio i was able to take advantage of the wi-fi on my phone and you know connect to this big fancy studio computer that has three screens connected to it and a you know we're uh we're cranking out strong internet connection here at a place you know called iHeartMedia. but i was without internet last night and this morning and i just felt like i was becoming a pilgrim and it was, you know, I felt like this is the worst thing ever. I mean, what am I going to do? And the reality is, I mean, it's still electricity. If I really wanted to, I could have used my phone as a hotspot and, and, and accessed the World Wide Web. But just knowing that the Internet was out made it feel as if I was way more inconvenienced than I actually was. Um, and we got some response on the text line. This says, Nick, this is what's wrong with our world. Your younger generation can't go without your phone or Internet or games. Your kids would love all that time with them. Take away all that internet time you spend and make it time for the family and think how they would feel. Well, nameless person on the text line, I mean, I spend a lot of time with family. I mean, last night, left here, went to the Bats game, had a great time, nice family night. And, I mean, I wish I had more time to sit around and take advantage of the internet. I mean, when I'm not, when I'm home, I am usually, you know, playing baseball with my son or, you know, letting my daughter ride her bike down the street. Like time after, like I don't usually get in my chair, my recliner, because it's like it's 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 my dad chair. Like when I'm sitting there, it's kind of like, all right, I've called it. You know, I can help you if you need something, honey. But like I'm I'm down. I'm sitting. The day is essentially ended for me. But, you know, if you need me to make a bottle or something, I can help. But, you know. I'm not running around anymore. And, you know, she's very understanding. And, you know, if I did it at 6.30 when I got home, it'd be, probably be an issue. So, you know, I, I hope that I didn't seem as if I don't make time for family because I was complaining about not having the Internet. You, you didn't say anything about, I don't know, making yourself like being selfish with yeah, it, I don't think. Yeah. But. Well, you know, he is right. I mean, it's the reality of it. Not that I'm, he's not right that I, like, don't want to spend time with my family or that I don't spend enough time with my family. I don't I mean that's kind of what he was saying, but in a previous world, you didn't have that technology available to you. Like it didn't exist, like it was a different time. So like when people say, I mean, back when I was growing up 20 years ago, we didn't have no cell phones, you know, internet. Walked which, up uphill both ways. Yeah, to like school well, you know what? Like that's a different life that I didn't live. So therefore, you know, I, I say this all the time, and I'm sure everybody says the era in which they grew up was the best. I think mine is because I got both. Now, again, I'm sure you think yours is the best because of whatever, but 
early on in my lifetime as a kid, the internet did not exist, and there was no cell phones or tablets. I mean, we had video games, right? Like, my first video game console was a Sega Genesis, and I loved it. And it was new. It was one of the new, and then I got a PlayStation. So, like, video games kind of became a thing, but we weren't using internet to play video games, like, with other people where you can connect via the internet. Like, that didn't... In fact, my gaming life was pretty short, but it never existed when I played. Because, you know, just what the technology wasn't as advanced. So, you know, when I was from four years old to probably like 11, 12 in the summer, all we did was run around outside. And it's crazy now because we have more access to find people with cell phones and all that. Like, they're probably kids that get to run around their neighborhood that are 12 years old, 11 years old. They probably have a cell phone, not because they're spoiled, but because their parents want to get a hold of them. But yet, I feel like this day and age, we're way more careful about like, okay, where's my son? Where's my kid? Like, where were they at? They they were just outside. Whereas like our parents, when I was growing up, you were gone for three hours. They just assumed that you were out playing around the neighborhood with your friends. And you know what? If they needed to reach you, they had to wait for you. Or they would just go out the outside and yell in hopes that you could hear them. So, you know, I do think I've benefited from having kind of both sides of that. But like now with my kids, you know, technology... Moose was ready for bed last night, straight up. Like, we got home from the game. He said, I want to put my jammies on. We put the jammies on. He said he wanted some milk. I got him some milk. He said he wanted to sit with me in my chair. We did it. And sure enough, you know, I'm on my phone because the YouTube TV's not working because there's no internet. And you know what he wants? He wants his iPad. And yes, my three-year-old has an iPad. And he was pissed. Wasn't working. No, No internet. So, like, you know... That's family night ending with family bonding. Me and Moose, you know, I've got a cold beer. He's got his milk. We're calling it a day. The fellas signing off essentially on a Monday night, and he's cranky. He he's, he's got no, he can't fall asleep to Blippi. I mean, what kind of world is this? What kind of prison do I have this young man in? Can't even watch, you know, Paw Patrol to, to end the day like he typically does. So, look, I get it. It was a different time back then, and who knows? We're probably not better off now that we are so connected to these devices. But you know what? I think life's good with them. So I'm going, I'm going to just, you know, continue to utilize the, the values that we get from technology. All right, it's Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk 790. And we are giving away a pair of tickets. So today's winner of the Bourbon and Beyond tickets is going to be the first person that can find a payphone and call in from it. And it is not easy to do. We have had people texting in and calling and saying like, hey, is this going to be good till six? Because I'm looking. And, you know, we've had somebody say, I know where one is, but I won't be able to get to it till 615. So I don't know. Like maybe we call an audible and we do something different towards the end. And I knew going in this was going to be difficult to do. But like maybe you just got in your car and you're leaving. You're like, who the hell is this guy on the radio? I've never listened to this station before. Oh, he's giving away bourbon and beyond tickets? Okay, I know where there's a payphone. It's right next to my apartment complex. Like, it could be you, right? Who knows? So we'll see. But that was the one reason why I was going to try to maybe... Because we I did this five years ago. We gave away tickets to Forecastle. And it was when I was on middays. And it was a lot of fun. And it was... We had many people. We It actually got a little bit, um, you know... Little bit, uh, little testy, little con, a little bit of a controversy because 
you know, the way in which I had them prove it was all by phones, you know, taking a picture on their phone where they are and proving that it's them there and showing me the timestamp. And, you know, like that was a big ticket too, by the way, that was, you know, it was forecastle. And I gave it to the person who did in fact, you know, send it in first. And I mentioned when they sent it in and I made the mistake of mentioning when the timestamp was too. And like the person who sent it in after like second place actually took the picture earlier and they felt that they were entitled and I didn't feel bad telling them that they weren't, but like there were people who could find pay phones, you know, now maybe not as much. Like I know where one is, but it doesn't work. It doesn't even have like the, uh, it's just, it's just sitting there. It doesn't have, uh, like the actual, what do you even call that? Like the phone itself is not there. It's the handset. Yeah. It's just a big block of, of, you know, steel or metal or whatever it is. So again, Bourbon to Beyond tickets are yours if you can find a payphone. And if you try to call in from the payphone and, and it doesn't work because it's, you know, not exactly common way of calling people now, just call us and tell, you, tell us you're there and you can find a way to prove that you were there and you found one. That's probably the best way to do it. So again, 502-571-7900, that's the number. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to call and you can't get through because the phone sucks, then you can text in 502-653-0790. Somebody texted in a picture of an old house phone, and it looks like, you know, it doesn't look like you just Googled it. It looks like they actually took a picture of it, and they said, basically, this is like a payphone now. Should I, do I win? And you don't. But that is true. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, I literally do not know someone that I communicate with even semi-regularly, that has a house phone. Even your grandparents? So my grandmother passed away last year, and or earlier this year. I'm sorry, it was last year. And she was the last, and I can remember her house number, and she was the last person that I rem- that I knew that, that still had a home phone. And I don't know anybody else that does. Do you? My grandparents. Yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. Do they have cell phones? They do. Yeah, so I just think it's one of those things that they, you know, that's... And to be fair, if you are, you know, the reason my grandmother kept her, she had a cell phone as well, but, you know, she's had that house for 50 plus years and she's got, you know, she has seven children and a huge family and anybody, you know, they're all over the country. So like if people want to reach her, it's not easy to just get everybody, especially if you're trying to coordinate. Imagine sending a group text to 20 to 30 people who are 70 years or older. They would, they would throw it at the wall, not knowing what the hell's going on. Um, so, you know, keeping the house number is just probably the safest route for the elderly folks because it's, it's probably what you've, the number you've had forever. And that's how most people are going to try to reach you. And if you are home a lot, you know, why not use it? Here's what's crazy though. Imagine having a house phone that has like, it's not cordless. There's no way they manufacture those anymore. Do they? I'm sure somebody does. I don't know who does, and, and yeah. I know the target market well, is I mean, very small. Well, to be fair, like your your desk phone at your office has it, but I mean yeah. like a household core, I, and I'm sure people have them. Like I'm, I'm not saying that they don't exist anymore, but like if you went to look for a house phone, one, could you find one? And also like would they give you the – I mean imagine one of those that's like where you roll the number. Oh, the uh, My grandmother had that. It, it wasn't the one she used, but upstairs – 
she had a phone that you know was old school to where like you don't punch the number you literally got to you got to roll it you know what i'm saying is it called a what you might was not it called i you know may, what you're talking about it's a circular know, circular yeah, dial I mean, so you may not even know i just don't know what the name yeah, of that yeah. kind of phone is yeah like that you th- you trying to envision what that phone looks like is probably what my daughter did the first time we were at a hotel and she saw a house phone and was like what the hell is this what's this cord can i play with it is it, is it a video game so <laughs> Anyways, we are uh, we've been busy today. In fact, there's some. It's been a pretty newsy day. Nothing like crazy, but a lot of things in motion. It appears, and we'll get to this in just a second before I catch folks up. But the NCAA Division One Board of Directors instructed the Division One Council earlier today in their meeting that they are going to be developing a new NIL policy. So we'll get into what that includes and timeline for change and all that. But if you are just now joining us after a busy day. Uh, Florida State is the first ACC team that is, in fact, making it clear that uh, they won out of the ACC. I mean, their school president didn't say that. In fact, he said the opposite, which is a lie, that they, they'd they love to stay in the ACC. That's their first option. But they have to do something about this revenue gap that is currently there. And, and as we know, it's only going to get bigger. Yesterday, they had somebody from their, board, from, their, uh, from their board, in fact, their director of their board, claim that the grant of rights is no longer something they're worried about. They feel as if they can make a move and they can get out of it, essentially. I mean, that's not word for word what was said, but essentially I think that's what he, that's what this uh, director of the Board of Trustees at Florida State is saying. And then today, after they had their, their meeting and expressed their frustration and really talked about the value they bring to the ACC, they are – the, 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 only 11 schools in the last 10 years have had more viewership of their games than Florida State, and they know that with the way things are now, they can. And look, they're getting better too. By the way, I mean, it's one thing if they're going to not be belly aching when they're down; they're getting better. And you know, if they end up becoming a perennial power once again under, I always forget his name, and I think he's a good coach, Mike Norvell. That you know, let's just imagine they're you know a frequent college football playoff participant and they're back to the brand that they have had a few times in their history as a program and they look at little central florida who you know if nothing changes in the acc central florida in the big 12 could be making 50 million more dollars a year than florida state like they're not gonna just i mean i say they're not as if they you know they know they can get out of it and maybe they do that's kind of what they said but you also have to look at the other part of this whole threat because one of their board members today said after their meeting that it's not a matter of if they leave the ACC, it's a matter of when and how they do it. So that's the first school that's just, you know, had people that aren't just fans, aren't just, you know, talking heads in the media. These are people that are a part of boards that, you know, they're not they're not the end all be all, right? They're not the it's not one person making the decision, but these are people who are in fact part of their board that discuss these kind of things and they're saying, uh, we're getting out somehow. We don't know when, we don't know how, but it's happening. And when you have one of your top dogs looking to leave your league, making it very clear in public, it's a big hit. So some of the messaging from the actual president made it seem as if, okay, like I could see it in the scenario that I laid out earlier is I could see them not really being as confident as they claim they are at their ability to uh, to get out of the league. But they're threatening it. That way the ACC considers okay, we're going to mix up this revenue distribution because Florida State brings in way more value than Boston College and P5 
Pittsburgh. Who else? Um, you know, Wake Forest. There's no way those schools should be making the same amount of money that we're making. And the ACC is going to look at it and maybe they make a change. And that could open up a whole other can of worms, right? Like, if you it, have you essentially broken the grant of rights and put something together that's a different ar- arrangement for the league if you do that? And if that's the case, can everybody move on? So it's it, it's it's a mess. And one thing I will say, like if if because uh, this is a good question that comes in from Gary, he says, Nick, if you're Josh Hurd and you do know that Florida State has found the magical way to get out, what do you do? Look, if Florida State has found a way to get out, I would say that means that the other top schools realize their value and will try to latch on to either the SEC or the Big Ten or even maybe the Big 12. So I would just try to find a new landing spot because what I don't think – and look, you may not be able to, but if I was Josh Hurd, I would think to myself, okay, I'm at least going to let other conferences know as best I can – what we bring to the table and that we will consider going there if they have interest. But here's the thing, Florida State, you know, maybe they, you know, I feel like in recent years there's been a whole lot of of um, financial issues within their athletic department and their university for that matter. In fact, that's one of the reasons why Vince Tyree was a big candidate for that job is because, you know, when everybody else was, you know, Vince was viewed in the athletic director world, if you will, college athletics as somebody who did a really good job from a business standpoint during COVID, and it was, I mean, he got a lot of national praise for it. All the attention during that era was about, oh, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? You know, testing, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, like, how you handle your department, given that big of a loss of not having fans, I mean, Vince was viewed as somebody that did a great job, and I I feel like Florida State, that was one of the reasons why they wanted him is because he's a good businessman as far as, you know, being an athletic director. And, And the reason I bring it up is because I just feel like Florida State may have more money to buy their way out of the league than Louisville. I don't know. I don't know the financial situation. But again, let's just say you can get out and you know you have an out. I would try to get in the Big 12. I would. Now, obviously, the Big 10 and the SEC, that's a much better situation. But I just don't think that you will be... Now, where does, And that's a question we'll never know the answer to. Like where, of, the, of the current ACC, where does Louisville rank in regards to attractiveness to other leagues? I mean, clearly there's a big basketball presence, but we really know that doesn't matter. It just doesn't. In football, you've had your moments, right? You have a Heisman Trophy winner now. I mean, at different eras within the program's history, you have proven to not be elite, but certainly be able to hang. Your market is kind of, you know, a question mark. I mean, we're a borderline top 50 market, always have been and probably always will be. But one thing that leans me towards, okay, if the Big Ten and the SEC did decide to, let's just say they take six schools from the ACC. Wouldn't be shocked if Louisville was right there, just just on the outside looking in. But one thing that, you know, I don't want to act like this is the end-all be-all, but to hear that Louisville was a top-five program in the last 10 years in football viewership, I mean, that that that's valuable. That matters. So again, I want to say it's the end all be all, but like that, that I think is a, you know, that that's an example you would use to, to sell yourself if you're Josh Hurd. So I would go to the big 12. I think the football league could be fun. Uh, The basketball league is going to be phenomenal. So I'd embrace it. And again, for me, I don't have any like sentimental, 
all the ACC's dying. Oh my God, it's so sad. What Because I don't care. In fact, I don't really like the ACC. I'm happy Louisville's there and not elsewhere. But like a lot of the smugness about the ACC and Tobacco Road, like I don't like it. So I'm sure if you were like if Indiana left the Big Ten for the for the you know I don't know for for the Big Twelve or the SEC or something would never happen. But if it did, like I could get Indiana fans like, wait a second, this is a new world. Not in the Big Ten, what? But for Louisville, like, we've been here, we've done that. We'll move on. Like, we'll just, you know, put us in in a league that is competitive. That's what we want. And we'll try to, you know, we'll try to make it work. I've never worried about, like, do we fit with the conference? And I don't really don't know. I mean, maybe there are, I mean, are there other schools that have been, have moved around like Louisville has in the Power Five? Now, again, they, they, they're only to the Power Five since being in the ACC, but... What about Rutgers? Were they only in the Big East before the yeah, Big Ten? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then Miami was Big East, and then they moved to the ACC. So, yeah, I guess there have been some others that moved around, but where Louisville is unique is that, again, they were in Conference USA, independent, um, then they went to the, you know went to the Big East from Conference USA, spent the one year in the American, which was kind of random. So, yeah, I mean – I'm I guess sure. Cincinnati's jumped around a bunch. Yeah, Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati, nobody wants to hear this. Cincinnati, and by the way, they're not a rival anymore because uh, we thank them. We are forever in debt to Cincinnati for taking Scott Satterfield and bringing us Jeff Brom and paying for him to get here. Um, I mean, that's that, that's something that I don't think I could ever have the emotion that you have with a rival when I think of Cincinnati now because of how thankful that I am. But they are they are the most like us. Now, they don't have the tradition. They don't have the basketball overall brand. But they're good in basketball. Football, they've certainly had their moments. Hey, they've got a football playoff appearance. We don't. But like they're the most similar to us. I don't think they're better than us in either of those sports as far as overall. Like, you know, we're talking program existence. But no, they are easily the most similar school to us. And even when they were a rival and I like didn't like them and I, you know, they hated watching Cincinnati teams coached by Bob Huggins. It just, you know, they were a real rival. There was a real Actual rivalry there. Now, it wasn't the level of Louisville, Kentucky, but it was easily, in my opinion, the second. They were also kind of like your brother. Like, I would find myself, you know, when I got into having a platform to talk sports, I wouldn't even plan to do it, but I would find myself defending Cincinnati when everybody would claim that they're, you know, who the who do they think they are, a bunch of low, you know, a bunch of you know, minor league scrubs. Like I would find myself defending them because I, again, I think they're kind of similar to us. It's almost like, Hey, uh, yeah, that's my brother. I can pick on him, but I'm not gonna let anybody else do it. But like when they, when they played in the college football playoff, I'm sure it's just because they were the first ever G five team to do it. I was, I was pulling for them. I mean, quickly realized that wasn't going to happen when the game started, but, uh, yeah, I would love for Louisville to be in the same league as Cincinnati. I really would. And hey, if you go to the Big 12, you'd be in with West Virginia, too. That's two real rivals. Um, we could take some fun trips to Ames, Iowa. Are you kidding me? What are some other towns in the Big 12? Um, Lawrence, Kansas. Manhattan, absolute, Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. That's the better Manhattan, right? That's right. So, anyways, all right, quick timeout. We will uh, keep it rolling along here. And again, um, there's been a couple of people that appear to try to be t- calling the text line. I mean, you can do that, but it doesn't work. So 571-7900 is the number if you want to call in. And if you're calling, it's because you're telling me you're calling from a payphone. That is that is the uh that is the um that's the 
goal today in order to be a winner of the Bourbon and Beyond tickets. You got to call in from a payphone. You could be anywhere. Somebody is writing, "Can I call in from New York?" Yes. You know, we'll have to do some kind of verification that you are in fact calling from a payphone. But and if the payphone doesn't work, call from your cell phone and we'll figure it out. So, and yes, there are. You know, we'll see. I'll make a decision at five forty-five what we're doing because there are people claiming that like they know where one is, but they don't think they're going to be there. What I don't want is people driving like a bat out of hell, maybe causing a wreck because you're trying to get these tickets before six o'clock. So, you know, we'll see. Just be safe. I don't. I don't want a lawsuit. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. I don't know how to put this. But I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. I'm very important. Join the show at Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. We still have people calling and claiming that, you know, they're trying to find a payphone. Keep trying. And another thing I need to throw out there, like, we have been a little loose as far as how you are going to be able to conf- you know, prove that you are at a payphone. But just know that if you call from the number like that you've called from before, like we know that it shows that you can't just be like, Oh, like don't, don't put like a napkin over the phone to make the quality worse and claim, Oh, it's just crappy payphones. So just, you know, just, just, a, just a little bit of a heads up there, but um, I'm going to give folks, they tell me they're looking text line, phone lines. They say they're looking. So I'm going to give them some time. And then if uh, we get to the end of the show, I'll let you know what we're going to end up doing because I mean, I could always go off the text line because it will, in fact, show me the first part. Like, I can tell who the first person, you know, has sent in a picture and, you know, and somehow, you know, prove that they were there, show the timestamp of the photo. Like, I could probably do that. But then I have one of our coworkers who are telling me that there's a chance that, like, with our way our phones work, that if you call from a payphone, it wouldn't work. Because technically, you know, you're, you're paying for that call. So it's like, it's, you know, it's different. So... But nobody's nobody's claimed that they've tried and it's not working. Because again, if that's the case, you just find another way to show us you're there, and the effort will will get you the uh, the prize. And the prize is two tickets to Bourbon and Beyond, which uh, takes place next month. One of the bigger music festivals, not only in this area, but you know, probably out there when it comes to I don't know. I, I feel like a fool talking about music festivals, John, because I don't know a lot about them. But when when I went through and looked at everybody that's performing, not only this year but that has performed years prior. It's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, you got four days of music. Anytime you have a festival in general that's four days long, a Thursday through a Sunday, I mean that's a big deal. Yeah. So find a payphone and call us, and you know, you could be going to it. Imagine that. Or you know what, you could sit on the tickets and sell them. Like, I don't know if you'd want to do that, but when they're yours, they're yours. Do whatever you want. So maybe you're not a music festival person, but you know, you wait till it gets closer and you sell and. You know, make some money. So again, five zero two five seven one seventy nine hundred is the number to call us. That's not the payphone. That's the number to reach us if you were calling from a payphone. So one thing we have yet to talk about at all today that is certainly something that we need to discuss. However, it's not something that you can claim. You know, I mentioned and just never got to. But the mostly Iowa 
athletes, Iowa and Iowa State, that have been caught betting. I mean, I I'm not surprised at all. And it like it's it's something. It's a story. It's not like something you can just say, well, who cares? But if you are someone that is involved in and supports your state that has, you know, high level universities in that state, if you are somebody that's been supportive of legalized gambling, even if you put every implement if you implemented everything, every single thing that you could to make it to where like nobody can cheat. Like you just have to know this was going to happen. And I would hope that everybody involved in sports betting becoming legal and it, you know, let's be real, a huge demo that these sports books target, it's younger people. So with that said, it's not a surprise. So I would just hope that now you are reacting to something you expected to happen and your reaction is going to be swift and very consequential and it will make sure that you scare people from ever doing it again. I mean, I get that you can't do it and it's something that, you know, is kind of a big deal. But like the Iowa State quarterback who never played on any of the games he bet, like he still can't do it. But I mean, that's not, I don't think we feel like, you know, I don't think we feel like games were compromised because of this guy. And he was betting like, you know, $7 nine leg parlays. Like, come on. Like that's, that's, I mean, that's, again, it's not allowed. You need to absolutely hand out some consequences, but that's not a major deal. But when you hear about, I think it's Tyler Eulis's brother or, yeah, Aaron Lewis or Aaron Aaron Eulis. Let me see if I can uh, figure the exact details here. But um, yeah, he allegedly placed almost two thousand dollars in sports wagers, and some of the games he allegedly wagered on were. Okay, yeah, he didn't. It, let me let me just be clear here. This is not a situation where this guy bet $2,000, he placed almost 2,000 different bets. And the amount of money that he bet while he was playing basketball at Iowa was roughly, it was $34,800. And some of those games that he bet on were games that he played in for Iowa. So he used a fake name, and I don't know, maybe he has the money to bet because NIL became a thing. Although when he played at Iowa, I don't really think NIL had taken off yet. He actually just transferred this past year to Nebraska. But yeah, it says here that uh, over 740 of his over 1,800 bets placed were before he turned 21 and the legal betting age in Iowa um, is 21. And that, uh, again, nearly $35,000 was wagered by him. And... In this complaint, at least one wager was on an Iowa sporting event. Over 430 of them were on NCAA-sanctioned football and basketball games. And the rule is an athlete who bets on their own school will potentially face permanent loss of eligibility in all sports. Um, so it says here that had an athlete placed bets on an NCAA-sanctioned sports but not their own school, the guidelines state that an athlete would lose half a season of eligibility. So... If you bet, yeah, I mean, if you bet on your own team, or it's actually not your own team, by the way, it's your own school. So if John's on the basketball team 
and I'm on the football team, and he knows that I've got, and I've, and I've told him something legit that's going to change the potential outcome of the game, and he bets, even though he's not playing, you still can't do that if you were a student athlete. So if you do that, you, again, the rule is that you could lose, you know, you could face, actually, I'm sorry, it doesn't say that you could, you will, you will face well, how do you, yeah, will potentially face permanent loss of eligibility. I guess they investigate it. Like, to my, in my opinion, that's a pretty easy thing to determine. There's not a scenario or a circumstance that would make it to where if you did it, you did it, and you're out. You don't ever get to play college athletics. And it has to be that severe. Now, if you are literally shaving points, then you're going to end up actually going to prison. So it's really dumb. We all know that. But you know what? You know who does stupid things? People in that age range. I was one of them. I mean, you could be dumb. I mean, hell, the guy who was the dumbest better of all time, the guy who walked into Great American Ballpark and placed $100,000 cash or something on a random baseball game. Like, that that guy's dumb, and he's, you know, he can't use youth as an excuse. But this is probably something that they knew would happen. I would hope the people in Kentucky are, I mean, it'd be great if it never happens. We don't ever have to worry about it. But I would hope that they have a plan in place that, you know, with this, there's going to likely be somebody that tries to break rules and does things they're not supposed to, and we're going to make an example out of them. And it'll, you know, further prove that anybody that does this is jeopardizing their entire livelihood, and it just doesn't make any sense. I do kind of feel bad, though, for this Iowa State quarterback because, like, he didn't play. He wasn't good. He was just, you know, he was just a college dude getting in on betting and having fun, and he probably wasn't hurting anybody. But again, rules are rules, and if you break said rules, there's going to be, you know, going to be a consequence for it. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm not acting like it's, you know, anybody anybody acting as if this is an issue is, you know, soft and that, you know, it's not a big deal. I'm not saying that, but it had to be something they expected, just given how easy it is to do. And again, you know, a huge, a huge, you know, demo that uh, is active in the promotions that these sports books put out there is college-age kids. Which, by the way, speaking of that, um, I, f- I feel like this might have... Let me just double-check here. My man Steve Bittenbender of um, BetKentucky.com, he put something out there the other day that I believe was new information, and that was the legal age to gamble. Yeah, here it is. It says uh, FanDuel, of course, is one of the... Um, yeah, FanDuel is 21 plus. So if you use FanDuel, I think that's any state, you have to be 21 years or older. Um, but uh, DraftKings is apparently going to be the only one that will allow 18-year-olds to bet. So if you're somebody that's not 21 and you're trying to pick a book that you want to be loyal to and put your money in and you know ride with, uh, FanDuel won't be an option, whereas DraftKings apparently does let people that are 18 bet. I don't know why FanDuel, I don't know what the downside is. I mean, if you're, I mean, again, I get it. People that are 18 may not necessarily have a whole lot of financial literacy and they may be more likely to, you know, lose a lot of money and that sucks. But, you know, anyways. John, what's going on? Phone lines are lighting up, blowing up, and I guess nobody is at a payphone? Yeah, so the guy who just called me, he's actually about ready to send a photo to the text line. He says he's at a payphone. And he tried to call and it didn't he work? He just called from the payphone, and okay. it wouldn't give me a phone number. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I w- well tell him uh, if he's listening, he can send the text in, but I want him to call back, and I want to put him on the air and figure out where he's at. 
Okay. Did he tell you anything like that? No, he didn't say where he was at, but right. I did tell him how to send the photo into the text line. All right. Well, either way, I'll text him back from the text yeah. line if he sends it in. If he doesn't send anything in, then he's a phony, right? But we're not saying he's a phony. I believe him. Yeah. I believe him. So uh, we'll see. We may have a winner on the other side when we come back. And if you're listening, uh, was it Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, if you're listening, uh, call in. You can call in from your cell phone even if, if it's not letting you call in through the payphone, which apparently it was, but it wouldn't give a number. So I just want to hear about your journey to find something that is – Clearly not easy to find anymore. A payphone. All right, we'll come back on the other side and wrap it up. Stick with us. It's Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. Yeah, you hear that garbage truck in the background over there? Wish you were in it. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. So don't you like All right, we're going to need a lot more proof than what's come in on the text line. I'm just going to say that. I mean, I can't prove that you're sending me a picture of a picture of a payphone you found on Google, but that's kind of what it looks like. John, you can you can vouch, right? Yeah, like, it was a very low res JPEG looking yeah, thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I can't prove that you are, you know, automatically out of the running, but like you're going to have to do better than that. And that goes for the others too. I mean, it's pretty easy, you know. I get it if you don't like if you don't want to show yourself. I get that, but there's other ways in which you can, you know, verify where you are via picture, via phone. When you don't have to say your name, I mean, I'm I'm going to eventually know your name because we have to actually put that in a system to give the tickets away. But anyways, here's what we're going to do: the first person from now until 7 p.m. that can send in proof that they were at a payphone will will win. And if we get there and it doesn't happen, then maybe I'll be a, be a little lenient on the time. But maybe I will uh, just chalk this up as a fail that, hey, you know what? It's not that easy. I mean, people were trying. We had we had like four or five yeah. different people. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm, I mean, were they just telling you they're looking and they may be calling in soon or yeah, what? Yeah, everybody else said, well, a couple of they them were probably hoping you, They were hoping that you may want to, you know, tell them where one is, but. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you didn't. Now what, I don't they, even know where one's what, at. What were they missing? What were they? A, in? a couple people called, misunderstood that they needed to call from a payphone or be near one. What do they think? They just were calling they to were, say they, they wanted were just the calling tickets. In, yeah, people love free stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any birthdays today? We got a couple. The first up, Kristaps Porzingis. Ooh, Kristaps is uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Close. And then one more. Do you remember Skylar Diggins? Used to play for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, absolutely. She's a very, very um, attractive woman. She is, Skylar Diggins is 30. 33, close. Wow. I guess college players on the women's side do stay in college longer. I feel like it's been a while since she played, but she probably was 22, 23 when she stopped playing. So, all right, we are out of here. If you find a payphone, text line 502-653-0790. In fact, you can actually leave a voicemail. Just to be fair, like, if you want to call the text line and leave a voicemail from a payphone and you can prove that that number that you called from is, in fact, a payphone, then like that works. That's legit. It's a lot of work. But, hey, it's, we're talking about tickets to Bourbon and Beyond. Who wouldn't want that? All right. Have a good night, folks. Talk to you tomorrow.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.